Hi guys, welcome back to the Earthy Delights podcast. Um, today we've got a, a bit of a different podcast, slightly shorter maybe. Um, I mean, we'll see, but I think it's going to be slightly shorter. Where we're going to just talk about how Jim and I um, keep our shit together, or at least try to keep our shit together. You know, obviously we have the segment at the end of the podcasts uh, with guests asking them how they keep their shit together. And we just thought we'd let you know what we do. Maybe you can take some inspiration from it or maybe you're already doing everything that we do and more. Uh, but this is just something that we thought we could just do uh, that may be helpful. But before we get on with any of that, obviously we have to start with what's the crack. So what is the crack, Jim? How are we doing? What's the crack, man? Today's a good day. Sun- sunny day in Dublin. Just went on a walk with my dad. Spirits are high. Spirits are high. Yeah. How are you? Um, not too bad. I've been um been reading quite a lot recently. Oh. Uh, and just it's funny because it's one of those things that you know it's one of those tasks that um I say tasks. <laughs> you say, it, yeah. It, yeah, like it feels like a task. Like so, so when you like before you start the book, you're like, oh, am I really going to do this? Like, am I really going to start this book? And then like you get into it, and then you, it's so much. I think because we're just so used to like um, just junk material, you know, like and binging on stuff with the, with Netflix and YouTube and all of that type, all that jazz. You can just go from one thing to the other, mm. um, you know. And I, I watched recently Casa de Papel, and I watched like the whole from series one, series t- to series four within like two days, about eight hours a day. So I was I was staying up to five a.m. each morning watching that, and then I was just like, you know what? I just want to read a book and. Um, I'm more. I'm not. I know you're a bit of a fiction guy yourself. I'm more of a. I liked a nonfiction, so history particularly, I really love. But also, just you know, um, I'm just about to start one called "How the World Thinks," which actually I think you would absolutely love. I haven't even opened it yet. Let me just quickly get. It. I just want to read the blur- blurb to you, Jim, because I think you'd actually really enjoy this one. One second here. Should have been prepared to be honest. Should have had this by my side. Um, right. So, how the world thinks. I, I reckon I'm going to read it and then I'm going to probably recommend that you buy it, Jim. Uh, it's called In How the World Thinks. Julian Bagini, which I'm, hope, I'm guessing he's Italian by that last name, uh, sets out to expand our Western centric understanding of philosophical thought, exploring the philosophies of Japan, India, China, and the Muslim world, as well as lesser known oral traditions of Africa and Australia's first peoples offering deep insights into how um, different regions operate and their commonalities as well as their differences. Bajini shows that gaining greater knowledge of how others think is the first step to better understanding ourselves. And then what's interesting about it really, I mean, like I said, I have, I just about to read the first page today, but um, the way that it's like set out. So for example, it's, it's done in like a couple of parts. So there's five parts, right? And so for example, let's just say, let's just pick part one part one is uh starts off with insight then the next chapter is the infallible theology or philosophy logic secular reason pragmatism tradition and then there's a conclusion and so there's always a conclusion at the end of every every part then there's part two which i think you'd absolutely love i'm not gonna go through all the parts but part two and three i think are specifically um gym parts Part two is time, karma, emptiness, naturalism, unity, reductionism, and then conclusion. <laughs> and then part three is no self, the rational self, the atomi- the atomized self, and then conclusion. Um, and yeah, so it just like brings together like all these different philosophies of all the, you know, different cultures. And I'm fascinated with cultures. And so, you know, I've just been getting into reading massively recently. And I think it's so just beneficial to your, just to learn something different, you know? 
Yeah, it's it's very important to put yourself in, or try to put yourself in other people's perspectives. Even man, I was watching this documentary the other day about this tribe. I mean, anyone I've been talking to recently will say, "Oh, James talking about this tribe again." This tribe just in Colombia, um, and mm-hmm. the, the documentary maker is from England, and he basically brought one of the Aboriginals, one of the people in the tribe, to this mm-hmm. expert in London, uh, f- this expert expert physic. A guy in London and it turns out that what the physicists have just been learning or trying to discover or still think is unknown this guy just from knowledge that has been passed down from generation to generation and the fact that he literally lives immersed in nature there is no separation there is no bar um, yeah. there's like like this guy knows so much and it's it's so interesting just because so for instance this tribe believe like, you know, the way we believe in the West that every generation is kind of getting more intelligent or like has more knowledge. And it's Advances. very, sorry, advancement, like always advancing, right? Always and it's just like, I have more access to information than, yeah, for course. instance, than my dad. And then, yeah, yeah, and I've been able to go to university and my dad hasn't, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you can make that argument yeah. for sure. But his, yeah. his tribe believed that actually the further the generations go, the further the separation from nature and then they say the further you're separated from nature the less you just know because you're treating the, the nature the natural environment as something opposite to you or something other than you mm. and uh yeah it was just fascinating watching it man and like you said that's all it is you're just getting a glimpse of somebody else's perspective and then you're realizing like oh yeah i need to stop thinking what i thought was right yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, I just I love learning about cultures. To me, is the it's actually the reason why I love languages, man. Is it's not necessarily the language as such, it's the culture mm. behind the language. That's what I love. Um, the intricacies. You know, I've spoken about you know how Italians they don't like cards, but English people love cards. Mm. And there's a card for every single part. Yeah, just the, those tiny little things that no one like pays attention to. I find them fascinating and. So that's why I love histories. Um, so I, I've been reading a lot about Native Americans recently. I've got um, one about the Congolese, you know, revolution with the um, the child soldiers and 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 stuff like mm-hmm. that. So that's, that should, I'm sure, be quite interesting. And what's the other one? Oh, and then I just read one just now. Just finished it yesterday. About uh, it's called the A Patient Assassin. Mm-hmm. It's a really good book for anyone who's interested in like natural history. Uh, well, human history, and it's about uh, this guy who. Basically, when India was under British rule, there was a massacre um, ordered by this uh, English general, okay, uh, and just a complete massacre of these um, Hindus and Muslims because they were scared. Because when Gandhi was kind of getting popular in India, they were scared that uh, that by him unifying the Hindus and the Muslims, which had kind of historically always been opposed to one another by him unifying the two kind of and obviously the Sikhs as well mm-hmm. um that they could together um overthrow mm. the English government because obviously the English have adopted the the mantra of the Romans which was divide and conquer and mm-hmm. here's Gandhi trying to heal those wounds trying to unify uh, and- yeah, exactly. And so, anyway, so they massacre these these Indians, these poor Indians in a garden. They massacre like uh, the full numbers are never actually known, but they reckon between about six hundred people and then many more wounded. And anyway, this one of the guys, one of the Indian, um, uh, he makes it basically his vow to assassinate the general. 
and everyone else who was involved with that massacre. And it just kind of follows his story all over the world. He went to work in Africa. He went to work in America. He went to, and just follows his story all, all over the world until the moment where he, do, I'm not going to spoil it, where he does or does not massacre that <laughs> said general. So I wow. like just stuff like that, man. Do you know what I mean? Like obviously in England, you know, at school, um, I assume probably the history that you get taught in Ireland is slightly different, but like at school in England anyway. <laughs> so at school in England, substantially different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At school in England, we never get taught about like our imperialism and our imperialistic history. Like obviously, I mean, I guess if you're kind of read in that subject, you would know. But I mean, we don't, I don't never even, never even um, went over it. It's not that, you know, they, they skipped over parts. We just never even spoke about India or certain co- countries in Africa and, and all of that. Ireland. Ireland, obviously. Mm. Um, yeah. Like when I first met you, you kind of berated me about the potato famine, which I hadn't even basically heard of. So mm. these are all things that like, obviously when you read books, they're really interesting. You just get insights into parts of the, of human history or the world that you should never, never know, knew about. And I think this kind of bleeds through into the main topic, which I guess we might as well, well, I think we already have started, but I mean, one of the things that, <laughs> one of the <laughs> things that I do, <laughs> I think so. Right. One of the things that we do that I do, sorry. Um, and that I'm going to try to do from now on a lot more often anyway, that I've realized, cause I was just saying before this is that, there's two ways to answer this this question, right? How do you keep your shit together? There's one which is the pre- preventative, and the one which is um, the um, the reactive. remedy. Okay, yeah. yeah, reactive. So the preventative way for how I keep my shit together and how I try to keep sure that I'm on top of my shit and don't get into a funk is um, to feel good about myself and just to feel good about like my surroundings. Okay, and one of the best ways that I found that I do this is just a personal thing is um, really learning new things uh and 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 starting things uh and improving in things that i previously was shit at so uh you know i recently started jujitsu and yoga which i'm still fairly terrible at but the fact that i can even do some things that you know a month or two months ago i just were alien to me it's it's just you see yourself improving slowly but surely right it's like oh now i can do this and now i can do that now i know what the downward dog actually is like it's not yeah, I used to hate the down. I still kind of hate the down dog, to be quite honest. But at least I kind of know what I'm doing with it. Like I used to just think it was like this fairly easy thing, and then I got told that I have to put my hands and put all the pressure in my fingertips and this, that, and the other, and it changed that move, that position forever for me. But all these little things, and do you know what I mean, like, and so when I realised that I'm actually improving in things and trying new things, it really kind of beasts, um, boosts my um, not ego, but my confidence in myself. Yeah, self-esteem. And because I think I got into it recently, I was probably before this year. This year I really kind of made it a thing, not as a New Year's revolution, but just like I really want to try new things. And I'd realized that it'd been a good while um since I'd actually tried something completely new, completely alien to me, you know. Uh yeah, obviously I love football, but I've been playing football since I was eight. I like languages, Spanish, Italian, but again, I've been speaking those since I was about eight, nine, ten. I like cooking. I've been doing that again since I was a young child. There hasn't been that much that I've actually tried for the first time yeah. when I was, you know, in recent years. And so I thought, well, I'm only 23. It's not like my life is over and it's not worth learning things. Um, so I've really thrown myself into that kind of mentality of just like, look, just if there's something new that kind of intrigues you. Don't be scared to start it because you're going to be crap to start with that's just facts even if you have a even if you have a spark for it you're still going to be fairly crap do you know what i mean like no one starts something and they're just outright amazing even michael jordan with basketball wasn't like he was outright amazing at basketball you have to just kind of hone those skills and, and i really have kind of fallen in love with the process of that 
of learning shit. Uh, and so reading a reading books is is a big with that, you know, because uh, like I said, I'm not a nonfiction. Per- I'm not a nonfiction person. So uh, sorry, I'm not a fiction person. So reading histories, reading the you know, stuff that's about um, humanity and and psychology and all that type of stuff is just fascinating and just kind of. I don't know. It's just interesting, you know, and gives me something to look forward to the next day. So that's one of the things that I do. That's preventative. I would say, mm. what, what about yourself? Uh, well, I would say that I would say it's like an evolutionary process. So, and for instance, maybe five or six months ago, I was doing things that I, that I thought were good and thought were the best for me. But now I'm in a place where I'm doing a slightly different things. And, you know, it's like, mm. you, like, yeah, like you said, it's just constantly trying to, oh, actually, I prefer doing this at this time of the day or I prefer only doing this at the weekends or I prefer doing this in the morning. And uh, the, the thing I do now is I just, you know, like, <laughs> for instance, when you get up, right, and you don't have to go to work and you don't have somewhere immediately to go, your mind is kind of like trying to get you to do the easier thing. For instance, like, oh, you could just look at your phone right now or you could probably just watch a movie or probably just play some music. And I've really made it a thing, particularly the last six, seven weeks, is to just not really pay that mind any attention and just say, no, leave the house, do exercise. And then when you do exercise, immediately feel better. Then I come home, cold shower, cold shower, embrace uh, embrace the cold shower. Treat it like it's your friend. It's a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm not about that life. I love a hot shower. Oh, man. So I, I empty the tank. I empty the tank. Louisa hates me for it. But like, I'm just one of the, you know, there's people who have like quick showers. I just don't understand those people. You're probably oh, one of those man. as well. Yeah, but yeah. I love a long shower, man. So I'll just put my music in and get the speakers on. And then I'll just sit there and I empty the tank. And then like, Louise, like, there's literally no hot water left for me. I'm like, I'm sorry, but you, like, you, sh- you know, this. like, we've been together for six years. You have to get in there before me because once I'm in there that's my time you know so i can't be having 30 minute cold showers that's just ridiculous but yeah but, but i mean if you want to look at from an environmental point of view i definitely use less water now as well for sure but yeah i i would i mean when i say this a lot of people tell me like you that no, i'm ridiculous and i'm just a warm shower guy and i think it kind of moves back to a conversation that we had last week about the idea of you setting yourself like oh no sorry this is me you know like like don't get me wrong six months ago no i don't think anyone enjoys the cold shower initially like every time i'm about to go into the shower i'm thinking you could easily just swing this nozzle around and it would be so much easier (laughs) but then you just feel like a bit of a coward after i mean i have a hot shower like once every week or something maybe but when you do after the cold shower man there's a it's a feeling like you can't replicate in my opinion like i haven't it's one mm. it's one of the best films i've ever felt and then i feel real clear-minded and then i then i meditate and then and then the day is my oyster and then that's helped me yeah substantially over the last while right i need to start meditating more i, I got i did it well man i did it re- at the end of summer i was i did like a 40 day streak yeah and I was doing, yeah, man, I was doing it well. Just, I, what I was doing, I was doing just before I went to bed. Okay. Uh, and I'm not sure how much it counts because sometimes I'd fall asleep while yeah, meditating. Yeah, I, I can't do it before <laughs> I go to bed because that always happens. Uh, but it's kind of, that's why I want to do it because otherwise I just get into that, like, you know, horrible loop of phone, let's like, say so Twitter. Well, you probably deleted half of these things off your phone anyway, but I don't have it. So I've like gone to this loop of Twitter, Instagram. I've deleted Facebook, but Twitter, Twitter Instagram. Then I'll go on to youtube watch a video then i'm like oh well it's been 30 minutes let's see what's on my twitter feed Mm. and then it's just this constant loop and before i know it i've been on my phone for you know i don't know potentially even two hours Mm -hmm. 
when I was supposed to go to sleep two hours ago. Mm-hmm. So now, so I've, I've been trying, I meditate when I know that I really should be going to sleep. I'm not kind of that sleepy yet because it kind of drifts me off. But sometimes I miss, sometimes I wake up the next morning. I'm like, ah, what was that meditation about? Like, cause there was all, cause the one I did with um, the app calm, mm-hmm. which I really recommend to people. And they, so they do these daily ones and then you can, if you want, you can search for more specific ones, but they have these daily ones in each and they kind of always have a certain little themes like gratitude, kindness, forgiveness, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, and sometimes I wake up in the morning, like I have no idea what that last, what yesterday's one was about. And once it's, once the time's gone, that's it. You can't go back to like yesterday's, uh, yesterday's one. Do you know what I mean? Okay, so yeah, it's yeah. Kind of like lost in the annals of time. Um, <laughs> So I need to get back into. I need to have you tried in the morning? No, I haven't. I, I mean, there's no reason. It's just generally is you create this bullshit excuse. Oh, I haven't got time, and it's literally ten minutes. <laughs> I mean, I definitely have. I have got ten minutes if I wanted to make ten minutes time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I haven't. I haven't done. It. I, what I do do though is I've tried to uh, implement the breathing. Mm-hmm if i find that like i'm getting a bit stressed or a bit anxious or not anxious i don't really get anxious but more annoyed more at people to be honest especially like on the metro um people just are frustrating on the metro mm. uh so if i find that i'm getting annoyed at someone um then i'll just try to like breathe um and that kind of works i kind of imp- try to implement little techniques throughout the day if i find that i need them which has been useful and that's preventative because like it, it kind of uh, lets go lets go of the steam, like releases that steam before it even has the chance to build up, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's been really helpful for me. Uh, the other thing that I do, man, that's really helpful is um, it sounds just stupid, but I just love just I'm one of these people. I love to talk with my friends. Like I know there's some people who like to go by them and be by themselves, and for them that's really helpful. But for me, it's the opposite. I when I'm whether I'm down or whether I'm happy, I just want to be surrounded by people, you know? Mm. And so I always, I'm really, I think I'm quite good at making an effort with my friends. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, have little like dates. Okay. So next Saturday, let's do this. Yeah. Let's, let's rather than, cause you can easily let things slip, you know, um, especially when you're in a big city. I, I find it funny because when you're in a big city, a lot of people, they say that they move to the big city to do all these cool stuff. That's, you know, all these cool things that's available to them that maybe isn't available to them in their little village or town, but then you get comfortable and then you stop taking advantage of those benefits that the city has, you know, mm-hmm. So I really try to make an effort to try to all do things with my friends. Um, and that really helps, man. I never, I never meet up with my friends and then come home afterwards and go, Oh, that was shit. Like yeah. I should have just stayed home. I always, it always benefits me. Um, and so that's really good. And then obviously, you know, talk, talking to that's my Spanish friends. And then I try to talk to my English friends quite as quite a bit as well. Uh, and again, just a phone call. That's all it needs. It might be a phone call when I'm walking back from work or whatever it may be. Even if it's just 15 minutes, that's that's enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Obviously, if it's more, then it's great. But if it's, if all they can spare is 15 minutes, then 15 minutes will do me. And just to check in how you're doing, what's what's new in the world, you know, and just see, see where, they, where they're going and, and what's happening. Yeah. Again, never, ever finish the call going, Oof, I should have just listened to my music. <laughs> you know? So, so that, yeah. And it's, it's, it's stupid. It's just something so simple so so simple but i think um i think it's really important and and just from personal experience you know when you can get into that depressive state that um it's i look at it like this disease that's almost so clever because what it does is it makes you retract from people to get you by yourself to then get you into this horrible spiral and so if you yeah and so then if you never if you don't let the disease kind of do that if you make sure even when you're starting to feel a little bit down make sure you go and see that friend don't cancel that plan that you had you know all these things and it kind of just 
it helps well at least it helps me kind of feel that like um i'm insulated rather than just alone in the world and kind of having to deal with everything myself it's just so much so much better so that's that's the kind of the preventative stuff i think i do on a like often um and reactive reactive i would say reactive is uh, a bit different mm. so i just had a drink there reactive is um i try to make reactive then i should have to take time out for myself i think when i realize that i'm in a bit of a funk i try to do things that maybe are a bit more individual um a couple of things one is listening to music and, and this is important to differentiate what i mean is taking time out and just listen to music so i don't mean like put music on and go for a walk or put music on while you're in the metro or at work or cooking no i mean like sit down in the bed or go to a park or wherever it may be sit on a bench and just listen to music mm. and really pay attention to music so you know obviously everyone loves music it's not about your taste of music i don't, couldn't care less what you what you like if you want to listen to dubstep you know go ahead my point is that i think we take it for granted and it's we see music now unless you're going to gigs i guess but apart from gigs i think we see music as a thing that you do when doing something else you know uh audio books have become another thing you know people always say oh yeah I, I don't really read anymore i just do audio books but there is something very different to listening to an audio book which they are good especially when you're at work helps pass the time easy but then to actually picking up that very same book and reading it that you get two very different experiences mm. uh and so i love just listening to music that really helps uh going to nature in madrid it's not the easiest obviously capital city but with the, with the park you know you've been to the park in madrid yeah, yeah, yeah. uh that's a beautiful park and there's loads of space fountains ponds trees all sorts so that's a good spot and you know it's more often than not it's sunny in madrid so you can kind of always go there almost year round uh and then the other thing that i like to do is reactive is write poems mm. um not that they're necessarily any good it's just something that i like to do um helps you process and stuff it, yeah. yeah exactly yeah man it really getting it down on paper can really um yeah it just helps you get it out of your system mm. and uh what, what i find is kind of interesting with it, i remember one time specifically i because even when i'm happy even when i'm in a fairly good mood my poems are normally quite heavy anyway mm. you know they're not normally like the sun is shining rainbows are out it's normally fairly fucking deep shit anyway so i was feeling i didn't i'm not even sure i knew that i was in a funk but i said to myself right i'm gonna try and write a happy poem so I sat down, got my paper out. It was about 3 a.m. And I tried to write a happy poem. And then the, the what I ended up with was actually the mo the darkest poem I've ever written. And it was just all of the shit that I was feeling inside that I'd been trying to like cover up, mm. basically. It just all like spilled out through the pen. Um, and again, I'm not sure. I don't really think it was very good. And I w definitely won't share it with anyone because it was way too personal. Um, but it was interesting to see that like I had planned to do a happy one but then at the moment when that pen touched the paper i was just like an hour or two hours of just writing out everything that i'd been feeling you know about a certain mm. um topic and so that so that kind of showed me the the use of that you know um and and i kind of do something similar if i'm if i'm really annoyed with someone uh um and maybe they have they can't see that they've done wrong or they're not willing to apologize or anything like that uh, I don't want to let it eat me up. I don't want to, you know, hold a grudge because it's just more energy than it's worth. But what I do is I write a letter to them, and it can be as vile as I want it to be. It can be sent, you know, it can be nice. It can be whatever it wants that letter needs to be. But I've hardly ever send it. I just write it, 
And then I just leave it on my laptop or if it's on a piece of paper, I just leave it in a drawer or something. Mm-hmm. And then I'll come back to it like a week later. And if if, with it, if like a week later I still feel that way, then I'll probably send it, you know? But mm-hmm. if I, in a week later I'm like, ah, who cares? I'm like, I'm over it now. Then I just, you know, I throw it away or I'll burn it or whatever it may be. Or if it's on my laptop, I'll just delete it. Uh, and that more often than not is the case, man. More often than not, I'm just like, ah, it doesn't really matter anymore. I'm over it, you know? I get you. I yeah, get you. so that's, so that's, so they're my little tips, um, I think. What about yourself? Um, I, well, what came to mind when you were talking about the the value we place on listening to music and how we kind of incorporate it into our lives rather than it just being a, like a one-on-one relationship with the music. I remember I was listening mm. to this podcast about a guy who had spent um, six days in a dark room, right? Just mm. <laughs> Just him, no distractions, a dark room, right? And he was saying, he was like going through the days, like what was going through his mind. And on the second day, he was he was explaining, he was like, man, do you know how much we take this stuff for granted? Do you know how beautiful a song is? Do you know, yeah. you know, like all these things, a podcast, music, all these things that we have at our fingertips. So we inevitably just take it for granted. And then I remember you were saying also how, like one thing I've noticed recently is I've spent more time on my laptop. And for instance, mm. I'm looking at videos or from my, on my phone. I notice my mind going into this trap of not even fully being in this message and not even fully being in this video. Because for instance, when you're on YouTube, it's like, I'm always a little bit looking at what I could watch next. Or when mm. it's a message, I'm always kind of going, oh yeah, maybe I should text them or reply to that. And and then I'll, this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And, I think, like, I remember the other day I had, like, quite a, like, I don't know, my mind felt a bit kind of overwhelmed or, and I couldn't really explain why. And I think when I look back on it, it was just that I was spending so much time, like, my mind was just getting constantly, like, like these mini stimulants everywhere. And then I kind of just felt like I was on this low towards the end. And then I was, then I just had to go on my own and spend no time in front of the phone or the laptop and just get back to basics because yeah, I think it's so easy to, I don't know, this is a long way of me saying that, like when I do find myself in a difficult situation, I do like to ask myself, why am I feeling like this? And then if sometimes there are just these feelings, like sometimes I get it and I'm just feeling bad and I can't even pinpoint why, I kind of just remind myself that this will pass and that mm. this is just, this is just the nature, like think it will be up and down, like everything will pass. And before, previously, like I remember years ago, I would hang on to these kind of smaller, I would hang on to these more sinister thoughts. And, yeah. But but now I'm kind of like, okay, this is here. I had the choice to let this go or not. Uh, and yeah. meditation has definitely helped with that, for sure. It's like improving the relationship with your thoughts. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. I also think you say that, saying that like brings something to mind, which I hadn't really said, but I always actually recommend and I do myself is I always try to keep things in perspective. Mm. Uh, it's a big one for me, really big one, you know. <clears throat> Does it, that's not to say, because people, when I say this, sometimes the, the argument back to me is oh well, what you're saying is that i can't be upset about my problems because someone else has a bigger problem and it's like no i'm not saying that obviously you know it doesn't matter even if you've got a paper cut <laughs> if that's what makes you upset in that moment then mm-hmm. that's absolutely fine address <laughs> that moment but 
don't dwell on it and don't because i think we can very easily um and this has happened to me this is not like i'm exempt from it but we can very easily get into this mindset of woe is me you know and bring out the little violin uh and i think it's just important to address the moment or or the situation if it's a shit situation or whatever and go okay it is what it is like this is you know this is the situation i'm in right now like you said recognize that at some point or other it will end it's not like it's just going to be like this for the rest of your life mm-hmm. you know there were good days before there will be good days again um but also what helps me kind of recognize that fact is that you know I, i've been to i i uh for example i volunteered at an orphanage in india you haven't seen poverty like it until you've gone to places like that. You know, we even a homeless man on the streets in England is rich compared to those people, you know, and they have tragic, it's not just poverty. They have the worst, most tragic stories. And yet you see the children who have no families. They don't have a support system like you would in England, you know, with the infrastructure that we have in England. Um, they don't have any of that. They're re- they are purely relying on charitable people. Um, and, you know, people may take advantage of them if they, if they, if they were little girls, then, you know, unfortunately in india the reality is that the the future is looks pretty bleak you know the way things are over there and the way their culture is you know uh and all these things and and but yet when we were with them uh, uh louisa and i for three weeks they were some of the happiest children i've ever seen in my life and you know i remember we, we were catching the flight out to kerala um from gatwick and we were like oh shit we have like because we did it all kind of very quick we didn't it wasn't a very planned holiday which was well, not holidays volunteering but it was all very quick and uh and we're like oh we haven't got the we haven't got the kids anything like we haven't just thought of it so we had to go to one of the shops you know like with the um in the air, airport and we got just, just this huge bag of harry bows like a massive bag uh and so anyway when we when we arrived we you know the the people who owned the orphanage introduced us and so on and, and we gave them we gave them, we you know, opened the back of Harry Bows, and they what they did was these little kids, which obviously they've never seen Harry Bows before in their lives. They picked one out, they'd pass it to the other, so they're passing it along, and then they would suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it, and then gently chew it, gently just nibble on it to make it last as long as they possibly could. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then later on, I think Louise wanted to do like an arts and crafts class with them, but obviously again, you know, the orphanage is destitute. There's no, they don't have any resources themselves. They do the best they can. Uh, so we went out to the little village and we got a few bits and bobs and I think we got them a balloon, you know, some balloons and this, that and the other. And, and they made these balloons last weeks. Like we, I think we did this within the first two or three days and they still had, they were still playing with the balloon two, three weeks later when we mm-hmm. left, you know? And I, and I, I said this to Louise, I said, isn't this amazing that, cause if we gave a balloon to a five-year-old in England or you know, anywhere else in the Western world, they would be happy for, 30 minutes maybe but then that's it like they wouldn't care they would move on to the next thing you know that's just how we are in the western world it's not just kids it's just how we are you get the iphone 11 you're already thinking about the iphone 12 you get a ford you're already thinking about buying an audi but this gets a new train you know it's just constant 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 and these kids they weren't like that and it's because obviously they had nothing so that so every little thing that they had if it was a balloon if it was a haribo sweet they would try to make everything last and they were genuinely happy children and it wasn't put on they were happy children despite everything despite everything they were the happiest children i've ever met and so i just tried to keep stories like that in my mind to keep and we all have those stories you know it doesn't have to be that you go to an an orphanage in india to experience that you can experience that in your local town i'm sure but just have something like that to keep perspectives that when you're like oh man this is shit blah, blah 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 you go well look you know it could be 10 million times worse 
And even those people who have it 10 million times worse, like I said, happy, smiling all the time, laughing all the time, irrespective of their you know, real problems. Uh, and that really helps me, man. His perspective's a huge thing. I think it's massive. Um, it, it's also like another take on this perspective is something that this guy, Michael Singer, says. He wrote he wrote two books called uh, One, The Surrender Experiment, and one is called The Untethered Soul. I definitely recommend both of them. But his, his argument, uh, he refers to this often where and whenever he feels like he's getting frustrated at maybe some sort of issue that isn't, you know, life-threatening, mm-hmm. he reminds himself that he is a man uh, on an earth that is spinning around at X amount of miles an hour uh, in a galaxy that he still can't fathom. We still can't fathom how we are here. Like, And he like traces it back that we are, he is basically 13.8 billion years in the making, like him to be exactly where he is now. And he is upset that somebody has, you know, drove in front of him or he is upset that, you know, his wife didn't make him the, the lunch that he wanted. Or he is upset yeah. that he didn't get the job he wanted. You know, these things, yeah. it's like, I don't know. He, he kind of says that you can look at life like it's taking from you or you can look at life like it's giving to you, you know? Mm. and uh that that's that's my that's my kind of that's how i view perspective like i totally understand yours and it is important to have that also but that that helps that helps me a lot more because like you said people go oh yeah it could be worse that doesn't take away from my problem but when you look at it like oh jesus i mean look look what has had to happen for me to be here and i think that like i'm being robbed or i'm unlucky in this situation you know yeah yeah, and, and like, like I said, it's not, you know, this is this whole podcast is just what we do. And this is not to say that everyone who listens to this from now on should take on my mentality. It's just something that helps me, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it, we're going to release a podcast with my friend Tom, and and that would be a really interesting one that people should go listen to with, you know, but he's, he has a, a, a stage two brain tumor at the age of 23 years old. He's been given a certain period of, of time to live between seven to 15 years, you know, and, and he's positive and it's not contrived. It's not fake positivity. It's real. You talk to him and it's real. You talk to him and you come off. It's funny. You talk to him and on one hand you come off better for it. You think, Jesus, you know, there's something, you know, you come off feeling good for, about yourself. And then on the other hand, you come off feeling shit about yourself because you're like, if he's positive in spite of everything that he's facing, I mean, what does that say about me? You know, and it's, again, it's just it's just how I think. It's not, again, not saying that everyone should think that way, but I like to think of those stories just to get it all in perspective and think, look, it could be 10 times worse. And to just address the moment, wallow in that moment for a certain amount of time, but um, put an end to it, you know, to put an end to that suffering. You don't have to, you, you know, we talked about this before, about this the Buddhist belief that, you know, suffering is a, Yes, well, everyone suffers and they have, you know, because something happens in a moment in time, but then you can choose how long that suffering goes on for because you internalize it, you know, and you keep playing it over and over in your head and you don't let it go and this and that. And it just drags that that whole process out. And so I like to wallow and sit in that moment for a little bit and then go, right, okay, it's time to 
put on a brave face, go out into the world, and eventually things will get better, you know, if you kind of have that mentality, I, I find mm. anyway. Yeah, because there, um, there is beauty in wallowing in the, the sadness for a little bit, I think. I mean, yeah, I, I, 100%. I, love, I love putting on the sad songs. And just I like, look, who, yeah. who doesn't love, who doesn't love going on a, on a long journey in a car, looking out the window when it's raining and pretending they're in a music video with some, with some you know, really uh, emotional music and playing on the radio or in the background. Everyone loves doing that. We all like to think you know that we are the protagonists in this movie that is life you know but mm. um like i said we that's, indulge in that it. moment that's there that's well put yeah we, we are yeah. not the protagonists in this no. <laughs> like yeah, if, if life was a movie if the world was a movie we are the smallest of moving pieces the very smallest but like, what i'm saying is you know indulge in that moment for a certain period that's fine you know i don't what i'm saying you know my dad my dad kind of i think men of his era um they were they were taught not to indulge ever and so you become robotic you know so no matter whatever happens to you no matter how bad you just brush it off oh that doesn't matter and you brush it off and then what happens is you know 60 years down the line you have just all this pent-up emotion that's not the way to go about it but i think the other way is to indulge in it completely and just to never escape from it you know and then that's the you want like with everything in life you know you want that perfect balance and so i think indulging in that moment for a certain period of time is nothing wrong with that that because you know the best artists that we know of to write these amazing songs or to make these amazing movies or, or write these amazing books you know they have to indulge in those moments they, to really they get the emotional. Like they really feel yeah. it and express it. Yeah, yeah, and they have exactly, and they have to allow themselves to feel it. But then they stop. You know, it's not like if you write a breakup song, then that's it. You, you you experience the breakup for the rest of your life. It's like, no, okay, cool. You wrote an amazing breakup song, but now let's. What's the new project? You know, so you have to just put a start and a finish to things I think is really important. Um, and it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. And you can find yourself in a spiral. And then what I find that kind of, when you get in that spiral, it feels like it's just one thing after the other, you know, the, ugh, first it's this, which, okay, it's not too much of a big problem, but then it's, this thing happens, you know, and then it's another, and then it's another, and then it's another. And you just feel like you could not catch a break, you know, but I think that's also because of the way that we, when you get into that spiral, it's the way you see the world. And so every, so every little thing, that maybe would normally roll off your, you know, would be like a duck off a water's back, you know, now actually drags on you. Water off a duck's back. Water off a duck's <laughs> back, yeah, sorry. Well, now now it drags on you, yeah, you know, yeah. whereas if you're in a happy state of mind, and, okay, let's say, imagine, so you're in a happy state of mind, you're, you're, you're going for, to get your train, you miss, and your, your train card, you need to be updated, your Oyster card or whatever, it needs to be updated. And by up, now that you need to, like, up, put more money on it, you've now missed that train. Well, if you're in a happy mood, you're like, oh, you know what? Who cares? Like, there's going to be another train in three minutes. It's no big deal. Whereas if you're kind of in a negative state of mind, and then that happens to you first thing in the morning, and then you're going to get to work pissed off. Mm. And then maybe a client's a little bit shirty with you, and then you're like, fuck this. And then you're even more pissed off. And then, like you say, you come home, and your wife or your girlfriend or whatever, or your boyfriend hasn't got the lunch ready or dinner ready for you because you asked them to because they forgot. And then you're even more pissed off. And then before you know it, you have a blazing row with someone, and it all stemmed from the fact that you missed a train at eight o'clock in the morning because yeah. you're in the wrong state of mind to address those problems. So I think just trying to be as positive as you can be in front of problems, you know, and, and the more I talk to people, Jim is the more I find that people who have real problems, you know, real, you know, life, you know, whether it's my friend Tom or, all the orphans in in India, you know, these are proper serious problems. They're the ones who always seem to be the most positive about it. And then it's the, the, the ones that have, as we would call it, I guess, first world problems 
who we indulge a bit too much, I think. And but we can let it get get us a bit too much. Didn't didn't I tell you this quote about um, the woman in the Middle East? So I was listening to this podcast documentary, and uh, this woman was following this particular woman, a single mother, uh, and she had like almost any hard luck or disadvantage that you can name. Like she was didn't have access to water. She was a single mother. She didn't have support far away from the hospital far away from the schools all this and um the woman who was interviewing her can just just ask her can i just ask him like like how do you get up in the morning and and like how do you persevere basically and then she just says i don't have the luxury to be pessimistic yeah you know 100 like, percent. if she's pessimistic that's it it's the end that's it like because she yeah yeah that's it <laughs> and uh yeah, I mean, I well, sometimes I bring this point up when people are talking about it, and then the several times I've brought it up, and they, their friends are like, oh, you, now you're making me feel like a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not that's not the point of it, but it is just, like, like inspirational stuff. Like, realize that maybe maybe it is a choice. And then, just, uh, just to say, uh, finally, when I was reading this book called When the Body Says No by Gabor Mate, which I would really recommend also, and it's really helping me um, come to terms with because it's it's a nuance, man. Because we are talking about the idea of positive thinking, but it is a nuance to not repress something through positive thinking, also. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, uh, and I can't really articulate that well right now, but I would really highly recommend anyone look up Gabor Mate because he he really gets into the nitty gritty with, with that stuff where he's saying. Uh, yeah don't repress these with this like fake positivity um no but yeah it's 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 very very complex you know it's not as easy as just like no just it will be better if you think it's going to be better it's not like that yeah yeah now what's that the uh the law of attraction that yeah, bullshit. Yeah, yeah. like if you believe it it will be true it's like mm-hmm. well it's not that simple you know these actors say yeah i just believed and i became a, an oscar-winning actor it's like no you put in the work like let's yeah, not yeah. Be, let make out that like and you got one looking. day you just yeah you, one day you just believed it, and then the next minute you're put in titanic like come on like there's a bit more to it than that but but yeah you're talking about your friends say oh now you may feel like a dickhead I, I think I genuinely think there's value to that man. I think there's value to being called out on it sometimes, and and to recognise that you can be a bit of a dickhead, you know, um, and and, and that's fine. And, and allow yourself to be a dickhead for a moment or two, but just don't be a prolonged dickhead, you know. Mm. Just be like, okay, it's cool. Look, I'm gonna be a bit. I'm gonna wallow in my self pity a little bit, and then that's it. But I'm not gonna keep going over and over and over and over because then you're just extending that suffering put an end to it um try or do your best to put an end to it and do your best to then try to move on and and reassess and assess that situation assess why because as well you know especially if it's an occurring thing imagine it's your work you know because obviously if you have a one-off thing for example a, a family member died and that's put you in a bit of a funk obviously that's you know I'm not saying don't wallow in that, uh, wallow in that. And there's also nothing that you, you can't assess that, so to speak. It's just a one-off event, right? But imagine if there's something that's repetitively making you feel um, down. Yeah, it might be your job, lack of job satisfaction. It might be your quote-unquote friends. I see this a lot where people think that their friends are their friends. And in actual fact, when you talk to them, all they do is talk badly about their friends because they're constantly arguing with them. And I'm like, well, you shouldn't be around these people. Like, You're obviously not suited to each other. Not that you're bad people either or, but if they're if you're always arguing with them and they're just giving you added stress to your life, are they really friends? You know, just the fact that you've known them for 10 years doesn't mean that you should always be with them. Yeah. All these things. And, and so assess the situation 
situation, assess what it is that makes you feel yeah. down. And if it's, you know, if it's a one-time thing, like I said, a passing of a family member or something along those lines, again, wallow in it that's absolutely fine and, and just try to you know feel that emotion that's that no problem but if it's something like your job if it's something like repetitive um quote-unquote friends or boyfriend or girlfriend who's making you feel bad about yourself if it's something you know body confidence for example is a big thing you know assess it why is it that this is making you feel shit so if it's your body confidence well what are you eating what are you doing for exercise to change that situation also because it's like, like not it's just going to be a constant spiral you know yeah also, what I've seen and what I believe also is like when you're in an environment where you feel that you can authentically express yourself, that's fucking everything, mm. you know? Yeah, and yeah, 100%. If you're, if, you're, if you're in work and if you're at home and if you're in another place and you feel like you can only um, express yourself through certain means or in a certain way or a certain manner, I, I think we have this this like deep deep need to express yourself and sometimes it's just dancing in the sitting room and or doing something like that or and if that if you don't feel like you can do that that is that i believe that's need a need for reassessment for sure yeah that oppression you know mm-hmm. um it, it's, it builds things up even like me i had a bit of a worrying time with some family and this that and the other and it's just distracting me and, and i knew that at work you know i wasn't doing the job to the best of my ability um and so i i I pulled my boss to to the side it wasn't the other way around and i said to her look this is going on at home it's kind of it's on my mind basically all the time to be frank and as a result i'm not doing the job the way that i want to do it um and i know that things are taking me a lot longer than they used to do because you know i'll be halfway in a project and all of a sudden the thought will pop up into my head and you know whatever um one time i was doing a um a report and then i had to i was listening to the podcast a podcast at the same time podcast actually as it happened touched on the subject that i was kind of feeling and it just made me well up and i was like i don't want to cry in front of the whole office i had to go down to the toilet and have a little bit of a cry you know i told my boss this Mm. and that's a vulnerable place to be because you're you know depending on who your boss is i mean i know my boss isn't like this but depending on who your boss is your boss might say suck it up son that's not my problem or like my boss they might go that's absolutely fine don't worry about it if there's anything you need like let me know if you're if you're you know falling behind on work tell me i'll try to help you out best i can i'll I'll cover for you this that and the other you know let's just have this communication and then every now and again she would check up on me you know every week or so she'd say oh how you doing oh yeah good how's home that's nice and she just check and and that yeah but i i'm lucky i have a boss who's really nice like that and maybe some people don't but these are the things make sure that you have at least uh, someone in or not just one person a few people in your life where you can just um be honest you know friends boyfriend girlfriend family and and it's what's weird is sometimes the closest the people who are closest to you actually are the ones who you least want to open up to for whatever reason that may be yeah yeah. i was thinking about with louise i was like why don't when i have problems with my family why is it i don't tell her straight away but i'll tell i'll tell a stranger on the street and i think the reason i kind of assessed it and i was like i think the reason is i don't want to um tarnish whoever that person's image in louise's eyes you have an identity to uphold yeah well because louisa knows these people Ah. so if i'm you know if i'm bitching about someone or whatever not even bitching but i'm just telling the situation as it is well louise is probably going to see them next christmas and now she's got to make out that she's all happy with them and, you know, we're all hunky-dory and it's all happy families. Mm. So, whereas if I tell a stranger, they don't know, they don't know my mother from, from, from Eve. Do you know what I mean? They don't care. So I can tell them whatever I want and it doesn't tarnish, you know, let's, let's not say that I bitch about my mom, but let's 
use my mom as an example. If I speak bad about my mom or I'm telling a situation that's happened with my mom, let's say we've ar- argued. Well, if I tell Louisa, Louisa's going to see her sooner rather than later. And then she's going to have to make out she's never heard any of it. She's going to have to do an acting job, right? Whereas if I tell a stranger or someone who's never going to meet my mom, there's no problem there because they're they don't my mom's a stranger to them and always will be you know and so I'm, I'm actually doing it to protect that person's image which is very it's a very complex kind of uh thought process so mm. all these little things man they're all very really important uh and that's it. i think the only thing that we haven't touched on jim in terms of just keeping on top of your shit or at least trying to mm. is also just um physiological stuff you know like biological shit that you can actually do and i'm just thinking a good night's sleep, like a proper good night's sleep, um, healthy eating. I, f- I always feel so much better, not just about myself, but actually within myself when I, I cut out like the carbs when I cut out the junk food, when I cut out, like I don't really do fizzy drinks, but alcohol, mm. you know, if I, if I have like a week where I'm eating really healthy stuff, um, I always feel a lot better within myself mm-hmm. and exercise. I think those those three kind of physiological things can be really important as well and just give you that boost that you need sometimes to kind of uh, kickstart the positive spiral rather than a negative spiral, you know? Sure, absolutely. Man. Yeah. yeah. Is, there, is there anything else you want to add before we leave it there or, or should we just leave it there and uh, and let people get on with their day? <laughs> uh, let people get on with the positive spiral <laughs> yeah I, I i don't think i have too much to add no yeah perfect well guys we hope that was at least informative to at least some of you and uh, maybe there's something you could learn from what jim and i do again we don't exactly keep on top of our shit we just try to um we're all in this together it's not easy we hope that you enjoyed it and as always like great subscribe and be sure to listen out to the future podcast because we've got some really interesting ones coming up big guests um, big guests so just you know look out for them um spread share we're on all we're on all platforms you know spot for spotify apple youtube all of that jazz we're all over so there's no excuses um i think we'll leave it there jimbo that's perfect absolutely nice one thank you fam. talk soon guys all bye the best.